It's Tuesday, March the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Turkey-Syria-Russia confrontation heats up, and Jack Welsh dead at 84. First, the world in brief. Syrian troops battled rebels to recapture a strategic town in Idlib province, while Turkey continued attacks deep into Syria in retaliation for airstrikes against its forces last week. Russia said it would not guarantee the safety of Turkish planes flying over Idlib. Russia controls the airspace in coordination with the Syrian leadership, which has declared it closed. A boat capsized off the coast of the Greek island of Lesbos. A child died and 47 other migrants were rescued. Thousands of refugees have attempted to cross the Aegean into the EU since Turkey announced that it would no longer prevent them, as it had promised in 2016. Around 1,000 migrants are reported to have reached Greece. Amy Klobuchar, a senator from Minnesota, suspended her presidential campaign. Ms. Klobuchar's exit follows that of Pete Buttigieg, another moderate Democrat from the Midwest who had bowed out on Sunday. On the eve of Super Tuesday, the former rivals threw their support behind Joe Biden, a fellow moderate, against Bernie Sanders, a left-wing senator from Vermont. The OECD cut its global growth forecast for 2020 to 2.4% from 2.9%, but warned that it could be just 1.5% in the event of a more intensive spread of COVID-19. The organisation said the disease presented the greatest danger to the world economy since the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009. Markets rallied on hopes of monetary stimulus. Benjamin Netanyahu claimed victory in Israel's election. Exit polls give the Prime Minister's right-wing Likud party a lead of around five seats over Benny Gantz's centrist Blue and White alliance. Projected to win just shy of the 61 seats needed for a majority, Likud and its allies may yet struggle to form a government. Two elections in 2019 failed to yield clear winners. Huawei may have violated sanctions by providing American-made equipment to Iran, according to Reuters. Documents show the Chinese telecoms giant supplied technology made by Hewlett-Packard to Iran's largest mobile phone operator in 2010. The reports could bolster American efforts to dissuade its allies from using Huawei's technology in new 5G networks. And Jack Welsh died age 84. As chairman and chief executive of General Electric from 1981 to 2001, Mr. Welsh made the industrial conglomerate the world's most valuable company. Known as Neutron Jack for his unsentimental willingness to jettison underperforming divisions, he produced consistently strong results. GE's shares have lost nearly four-fifths of their value since he retired. And now, here's today's agenda. Super Tuesday, the fight to slow Sanders. Today is Super Tuesday, which means the Democratic presidential primary contest is about to get serious. With 14 states plus American Samoa holding votes, over a third of the delegates to the Democratic convention that will elect the party's nominee will be shared out. The fact that California, which has 416 delegates, almost three times as many as those apportioned so far, is for the first time voting on Super Tuesday has added to its importance. It has also handed an advantage to the current frontrunner, Bernie. Bernie Sanders, who is expected to win the most populous state handsomely. 
Resuscitated by his strong win in South Carolina on Saturday, Joe Biden is hoping to peg him back, perhaps especially by denying Mr. Sanders' victory in the second most populous, Texas. Mike Bloomberg, who will contest votes for the first time, is meanwhile hoping to prove his relevance. Independence Day, the Consumer Financial Protection Board. Today, America's Supreme Court hears arguments that the leadership structure of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is unconstitutional. The agency, the brainchild of Elizabeth Warren, now vying for the Democratic presidential nomination, was created under the Dodd-Frank Financial Sector Reform Law of 2010 to punish deceptive marketing of payday loans, student loans, mortgages and the like. To insulate its director from presidential pressure, the law allows their removal only for cause. Conservative organizations and Donald Trump's administration argue that this unconstitutionally limits the president's executive powers. Even if the conservative-leaning court agrees, the CFPB is unlikely to be dissolved as conservatives once wished. The government has requested that just the removal clause be struck down. At present, the dispute looks moot. Mr. Trump has already installed his own ally at the Bureau after the previous director resigned to run unsuccessfully for governor of Ohio. If a Democrat, especially Ms. Warren, becomes president, the tables could turn yet again. Off-target, COVID-19 and supply chains. In most years, holiday season sales would be chief on investors' minds. But when Target reports fourth-quarter earnings today, the COVID-19-induced disruption to the retailer's supply chain will be a more pressing concern. In February, manufacturing in China, where Target and its peers get many of their wares, fell by the most since the country created its purchasing managers index 15 years ago. Foreign retailers are feeling the pinch. Amazon has been stockpiling Chinese-made products already shipped to America. Apple and Microsoft have lowered sales forecasts because of supply problems. Even companies that manufacture elsewhere are at risk as they buy components and raw materials from China. With the disease's spread in China apparently slowing, the country is trying to restart production. But damage is already done. Shelves may be short of stock in the coming months, and as the disease spreads beyond China, Target and its rivals may have another problem, getting wary customers into their stores. Eyes ahead, the Eurozone's economy. Figures released today are expected to show that inflation in the euro area remained low in February, and the unemployment rate stayed close to pre-crisis levels in January. But the big question is what happens next as COVID-19 spreads. Exporters' supply chains were first disrupted as factories in China, a source of parts, stayed shut. The virus's spread to northern Italy, a manufacturing hub, has reduced supply further and will severely depress demand too, as people in quarantine spend less. All this comes when the euro-area economy, battered by trade war, is already suffering. And Italy is in especially bad health. In the final quarter of 2019, output shrank by 0.3% on the previous quarter. Its government plans to increase spending and cut taxes for businesses facing the most disruption. But there is a limit to what economic policy can do. Much depends on how quickly the virus spreads and how long the outbreak lasts. The rent is too high, London's mayoral race. Labour's Sadiq Khan launches his bid for re-election as Mayor of London today. At the top of his agenda is a promise to lower rents. 
The mayor's office lacks rent control powers, but victory on May 7th would be an undeniable and irresistible mandate, compelling the government to grant them, he will say. Boris Johnson's Conservative government has shown no appetite for this so far. Mr Khan says rents in the capital have risen by 27% over the past decade, although increases have slowed since he took office four years ago and fell slightly in real terms last year. Polls suggest he is the clear favourite in the election against a field of one Conservative, one ex-Conservative, a Green and a Liberal Democrat. Mr Khan also wants greater tax-raising powers. Last month, he proposed that Londoners be able to retain their free movement rights under associate EU citizenship, an almost certain non-starter for the bloc. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jack Welsh, who passed away this Sunday, March 1st, 2020. Control your own destiny, or someone else will. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.